This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Can I? You know, my mom recently said that nothing gave her more joy than listening to you laugh, Myron. And I think there is, you have a very infectious laugh. I think it's a very good quality of yours. I appreciate it. I was laughing at the fact that, like, we would turn on shows called Homeboys and Outer Space. Like, that was not weird, right? Like, the name of the show, the premise, yeah. Homeboys and Outer Space. And we in the 90s, early 2000s were like, yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, UPN and CW. CW still exists, right? UPN's gone. Yeah, CW's isn't it? on there. Yeah, that's. I think that's I where think the live tour, the live <laughs> yeah, tour live plays. Tour. Yeah, live tour. Yeah. If, if you got, if you can't go anywhere else, the CW will take ah, you. Okay. Canny Myron wants to make sure he doesn't ruin a chance to get a job with him one day. So he's like, I would take it. I might have a show <laughs> idea. <laughs> I might have a pitch. It's Canty and Carl. Homeboys in the ocean. <laughs> Just a whole, whole franchise. Homeboys <laughs> everywhere in different places. Homeboys in NASCAR. Canty and Carl on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Big news today. The ACC is inviting Stanford, Cal, and SMU. I still don't know how SMU snuck into this. I mean, you talk about a group that got lucky. They start in 2024-25, gets the league to 18 members. Greg Sankey, you know you know that name. He is the SEC commissioner. He was just on the Paul Feinbaum show. Now, this was while we were on the air. Uh, I try to listen to Feinbaum while we do this show. Didn't happen today. So I haven't heard this yet, but he was asked about the SEC and whether the SEC had ever considered adding teams from the West like the ACC did today. We have talked in our meetings about should we be thinking West? So I had outreach from the West Coast back uh, the week after the Oklahoma and Texas move. And that's not who we are. In fact, you're going to talk to Chancellor Plowman. Uh, months and months ago we were speaking in fact really last year and she had one of the clarifying points and says you know what we actually know who we are we've made really good decisions to to set us up for the future so we have the ability to determine our path as a group our fans know us we're comfortable in who we are and um, we're really excited about moving to 16 we have a great season ahead but what's ahead for us uh, you know we added two schools think about this we added two universities Oklahoma and Texas the Big 12 now, I guess this position, well, they had to add eight after Oklahoma and Texas left. Uh, the Big 10's added four, and now the ACC's added three, and you know, the humble Southeastern Conference will be at 16. I don't know what that was supposed <laughs> What was that supposed to mean? I'll tell, you what it meant. I'll tell you what it meant. It meant, A, your favorite school slid into our DS, <laughs> is what he said. He's, Greg That's Sankey true. was just saying, we could have had – any of y'all. We could have had USC and UCLA. We, we could have had the AC schools if we wanted them. We just weren't interested. But they were in our DMs. Like, that's yeah. basically what Greg Sankey is saying. Like, you know, they ended up with you, but trust me, we could have. That's Producers what all up in the videos. Yeah, and, saying. you know, you come to the SEC. That's what he uh, said. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. I, I think his best argument, that seemed a little – and I like Greg Sankey, but that seemed a little – arrogant to me i think it's a little it was very it was very i think his best argument is this there is only one conference left out of the major conferences that makes any sense from a geographic cultural or any of that standpoint right the sec again with the exception of Missouri, who we let in because he knew somebody. He, Missouri is like the Antimacupo brother that we, that we 
that we brought in. They were related. To, they were related to They were related to Alabama, and we let them in. He's the Missouri's the fourth out to Macumpo. Besides Missouri, those other schools, they all have. They're all in the South. They all have a connection to each other. I said this. I said this in a couple hours ago, and I think it's really important. Lexington, Kentucky, is the most northern of all of these schools. So in theory, it's the farthest away. And I can, in one day, drive to every school that Kentucky could play. There's no other conference where you could do that, Myron. And I do think that makes it. And then you add in the fact that the SEC is the best in football. It's the best in women's basketball. It's the best in baseball. It's the best in softball. It's the best in all the major sports except maybe basketball. But it does have Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, and is now adding Texas and Oklahoma. The SEC is the best, right? Yeah, I, I, the Octa Missouri thing is better than I think you actually understand. Like that is that is a near perfect metaphor. I'm just telling you. And if I'm a Missouri you. fan listening to this and knowing that I'm the fourth Octa, I'm the, the fourth, fourth one. Octa brother, I, I, I would have some thoughts on that, right? And you don't really have a comeback for you it. You have no comeback because it's true. I, I think what the SC did is they also, to your point, uh, the geographic thing. They don't have the logistical nightmares that all these other leagues exactly. have to figure out. Like, I don't know, especially for the non-revenue sports, how you handle Stanford playing North Carolina. And you got Rutgers, UC, USC, and that's going to be a lot to, to figure out. And, and again, a- it matters for those secondary sports, right? Yes. So, I mean, like, the U.K. basketball team flies when they play na- in Nashville, which is yeah, three yeah. hours away. But it's the secondary sports – Every secondary sport could, in theory, drive to every game. You just can't do that in the other sports. Yeah, it's going to be really complicated to figure all that out, to figure out scheduling, to try to balance scheduling. So it does feel like, to me, anything that happened after what the SEC did was secondary. I mean, even the Big Ten on some levels. You had USC and UCLA. That's a big move. Then you go and get Oregon and Washington. That obviously positions them as a really strong league. Uh, but the SEC didn't have to add anybody, honestly. And the and other they still thing would have been a big deal. And the other thing is, okay, now let's say that the SEC wants to expand. I think everybody would pretty much agree that the four most attractive candidates for the future are, are North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, and Clemson. The SEC could add any of those teams and still have the same geographic foothold, right? It would still be consistent with what the SEC is. If the Big 12 were to add those, it wouldn't be. With the Big 10, it's not consistent with USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. So not only is the SEC the most consistent now – for the next round of expansion, which will surely happen one day, it'll be the most consistent for that one, too. Yeah. I mean, it, it still, to me, is probably at the top of the list for any school that wants to get into the mix with the SEC or the Big Ten, whether that's North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, Clemson. I, I think the SEC is still the first call. And I guarantee you this, too, Matt. The schools that maybe are thinking, and again, the ACC is complicated because the grantor rights – but I think they're going to be paying attention, your Florida State's, North Carolinas, to how these schools on the West Coast handle this, to the logistics, to how these leagues that have expanded actually move forward and whether or not it's a mess. And I think that could influence those decisions as well. There are two, I will say this, though. There are two schools in the SEC 
that every day should spend and write a thank you note to the other 14 schools. <laughs> One of them we've already <laughs> realized is the fourth Antetokounmpo <laughs> brother, uh, Missouri. The other one is Mississippi State. Because if given a choice, no one would pick Mississippi State. You ever been to Starkville? I have not. Don't. Okay, at least Oxford and Mississippi. Oxford's beautiful. Oxford's beautiful. One of the nicest campuses. It's wonderful. Starkville, you have to literally hitchhike on a cow to get there. Like, that's how far it is. So I'm just saying to you, Missouri and Mississippi State should every – they should every week, and they're not good at anything either. Those those two schools are not good at any sport. So they should thank the rest of the schools in the SEC every year that they are allowed to be a part of. See, the problem is when we say stuff like that, like hitchhike on a cow doesn't sound too crazy to me <laughs> from all the stuff I've heard about the South. Like, so it doesn't sound – I ever tell you my story about going to, to Louisville. I know you hate the way I say it. <laughs> Louisville, you mean. But yes. You know, I was at the park, and this dude <laughs> yeah, off in the distance – Rode up shirtless on a horse with a python around his neck. <laughs> and everybody at the park was like, hey, what up, Frank? And I was scared. Like, I was like, there's a man without a shirt on a horse, and he is galloping. Like, he is going fast yeah. with a python around his but neck. But isn't that the SEC? See, it, like, it to feels me, like it. that's the SEC. Go to a SEC game. There might be a shirtless man on a horse with a python. In the Big Ten, you're going to have to take a plane to find that in Oregon and Washington. What I in the also, SEC, you can just go to the other states and there it will be. What so. I also loved is there was like a sanctioned part of this event and there were dudes selling hot dogs without permits like five <laughs> feet away. Like they weren't like down the street. They were like right next to everybody else with permits. That's right. So. College football is back. Tune in Sunday night. A good Southern battle. The LSU battles Florida State. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Respect it. Or check it. With Kansas and Carlin. Sorry, so this is a game we play here. Actually, Shannon, you can explain it because uh-huh. I haven't played it in a while. Right, what cool. is it? Respect it or check it. So essentially, we get, we're here at week one, college football. I'm going to give you a hot take. you got to tell me whether or not you agree with it, whether or not you're going to put some respect on that take. Respect. We're going to check that take. All right. All right. Simple Let enough, right? Yes. All right, Myron. Alabama comes back down to earth this season. Respect it or check it? I, I say check it. I, I mean, it's all relative. I, I think when you come – when it comes to Alabama, you know, yes, you lose Bryce Young, and there's always a concern of, okay, what do you do now? But Jalen Milrow, who we saw a little bit last year when Bryce Young was hurt, if you're telling me he's the starter at Alabama, then I assume he had his chance to go to any school in America, and he's probably very, very good, the redshirt sophomore. Um, I'm going to assume that Alabama's going to be okay and still be a college football playoff team uh, based on what they have. I'm going to respect it because I actually think Alabama and Georgia are not as good as they normally are. I mean, they're still very good. It wouldn't shock me if either of them had a shot to win the playoff. But the gap between them and the other schools, to me, is a lot smaller this year than it's been in recent years. I think Alabama was the second-best team last year. They didn't make the playoff, but that was just because they got upset by LSU so I'm going to say they do come back down to earth, but coming back down to earth, Myron, can still be make the SEC championship game in the playoff because the SEC is that good. But I, 
I do think the SEC is more competitive this year than it's been in a long time. What's next, Shannon? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned the SEC. Matt, Georgia has a better shot at three-peating than Caleb William does at winning a back-to-back Heisman. Respect it or check it? Oh, boy, that's a really good one. Yeah. I'm going to say respect it, although I don't think Georgia will win a third uh, title, but they don't want to get Archie Griffin's the only dude. They don't want to give another Heisman. They just don't. I mean, I've watched that happen with Tebow, Lamar. Like, they just don't like to do it for the second one. Georgia is not as good, Myron, but they have the easiest schedule that has ever been put together. You look at their schedule. Go look at it right now. They don't have a game on it except at Tennessee that they really could lose. The teams they play in the other conference are Auburn, who's the worst team in the conference, and Mississippi State, who's the second worst team in the West. And so they they have got they could not have an easier schedule. They were supposed to play Oklahoma, but because Oklahoma's joining the SEC, it got put postponed. So now they're going to roll to the playoff even though I don't think they're as good. Yeah, I'll check it. I mean, you know, when it comes to Georgia, they can get to the playoff, get to the championship game, and all it takes is, you know, one bad moment, bad stretch, and you're out. I think Caleb Williams against the Pac-12, you know, the last of the Pac-12, he's going to be in position to win it. To match point, for whatever reason, guys don't win it twice. Hasn't happened since Archie Griffin. But I feel like Caleb has a really good chance considering the competition he's going to see this year. What's next? All right, Myron. This will be Jim Harbaugh's last season at Michigan. Respect it or check it? I respect it uh, because oh, wow. this is a weird thing that's happening. The whole four-game suspension and the NCAA said, nah, just kidding. We're not going to you know, negotiate a deal on this. Then he gets a self-imposed three-game suspension. That, to me, is more major than people are saying. That's a school saying that they're bracing for the worst. So they're going to suspend them for these three games and hope – that the infractions committee doesn't add on three, four more games in a postseason ban or something like that. And if you're John Harborough, Jim Harbor, I'm sorry, do you want to wait for all that to happen? Or is this the year when you finally go to the NFL? Like, I think there will be openings. I think he'll be enticed by that. And I don't think he'll want the drama of what's going to come from this fallout with the NCAA investigation. I'm going to check it. There are no rules anymore. You can literally like just walk up sure. to somebody and give them a car and like it's fine. So I, sure. I, I think it would be sort of hypocritical to, to punish people for things that now not only are allowed, they're encouraged. So uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to check it. I say he does continue coaching. Um, I don't think they necessarily will win anything important, but I think he will do more than one more year. What's next? All right, Matt. Tennessee's Joe Milton III will be the next Anthony Richardson. Respect it or check it. In general, I never believe – this is a rule of life of mine. I never believe in any thirds. <laughs> Generally speaking, when you're a third – No, I mean, it's just a rule. When you're a third, there's like a level of sort of – you've been kind of pampered. Your grandfather and your dad felt like they had to extend their name, which means yeah. they were probably people I wouldn't like. So I never – so as a start, I never believe in thirds. Now, with that yep. said, Joe Milton has a huge arm. 
He probably has the biggest arm in college football, but he does not have the receivers that Tennessee had last year. Everybody focuses on uh, on the quarterback from last year, whose name is escaping me, the one that got drafted, uh, Hooker, yes. Yeah, yeah. But they also forget that they had two yeah. wide receivers going the first two rounds who were pretty awesome. They don't have those guys. The replacements aren't as good. Milton will be good, but he's no – well, wait a minute. He might be the next Anthony Richardson because Anthony <laughs> Richardson stunk when he was at Florida. So, actually, I respect it. Anthony Richardson went 7-5. and five. Joe Milton will do better than that, so I'll say I'll respect it. I changed my mind in the <laughs> middle of it. Yeah, that's why I'll check it. I think he'll be better than Anthony Richardson despite facing, you know, the, the competition probably will be similar. Uh, but I think he'll be a better player overall. Like Anthony Richardson, if you just eliminate the Utah game, and you analyze Anthony Richardson mm. from there. I don't know what you really had on tape to say Nothing. he's a top five pick. By the way, YouTube- do you like thirds? Like, like you know, I've I only that. met a few. Like Martin Luther King the Third, I met. He was cool. Uh, I've met many, man. Martin I've Luther King the Third is that? Oh, the son. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. Son. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, there's a golfer whose name's like Charles Hal the Third. Nobody likes him. I mean, like, is that the whole can't... name then? Is that means you have the whole name of the person, right? Yeah, I think the middle so. name too. It's not just, just the first and last. It's name. all Joe Milton to the side. It's usually only pretty pretentious people that think, you know what? There need to be three, three. of me. There, yeah. I, there's, there's, <laughs> I am good enough. I'm not yeah. good enough. We need three of me to exist. What's yeah, next? That's a lot. All right, the last one here, Myron. Texas is officially back. Respect it or check it. Whoa, slow down, everybody. I will (laughs) check that because I have heard that they were back too many times before. I was told that Arch Manning was going to be the guy that took them back, and I haven't heard about Arch Manning since he uh, reached campus. So Quinn Ewers is the guy. Uh, Do do I think that that Alabama-Texas game will be a huge test for them? Yes. Do I think it'll be close? No. Um I just don't think Texas is back because they're never back. Yeah, I I mean, this is the easiest one. Texas is never back. Check it. It's only going to get worse. They're coming to a league that they're never going to win. And this year they'll be better, but it's still not going to matter. They'll finish 8-4. and They'll lose to Kansas again. So I will check it once again. And there you go. That is respect it or check it here on Canty and Carlin. Ryan McGee. I like him. He is the McGee of Marty and McGee, and he's also ESPN senior writer. He's going to join us to talk about college football kicking off tonight and tomorrow. This is KT Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf, joined by one of our favorite people. I think we can say this, Myron, about both of us. We can't always say that about every guest, that we both yeah. are huge fans. But I think we are. Ryan McGee, ESPN senior writer. Co-host of Marty and McGee. So, Ryan, I got a question for you. I I said this earlier. I want to see if you agree with the with the now with the ACC adding these teams and all and the there being four essentially major conferences. It seems to me that oddly the SEC, which always got accused of being the most greedy conference, has ended up being the only conference that makes sense geographically, yep. culturally, and as a unit, with the exception of Missouri. And the others three don't. And it actually is the most coherent conference of all. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and, and I, I give them credit for it. I wrote a column a year ago. I wrote a column about the Sun Belt Conference. And, and I, I, I did an essay for College Game Day praising the, the Sun Belt because the Sun Belt Conference has worked really, really hard to create regional rivalries. They know they're not going to get a billion-dollar TV deal. So, you know what? We know that App State and Georgia Southern hate each other, and they have going back to the old Southern Conference days, you know, in, in, in you know, F, F, FCS football. So let's, let's create a league around that. That's what the SEC is. It's just the big brand names. I remember when, when all this was going on, and I was, I was with Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC at the College World Series, and, and the commissioner said to me, and I've heard him say it several times after that, you realize, don't you, that by adding Texas and Oklahoma, we only expanded our footprint by, like, it's something like, you know, 100 square miles or something. Like, it's, it, 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 it's still, it still all connects. And, um, and the rest of it is very disconnected. The map just doesn't matter anymore, and that's the weirdest part for all of us, but particularly people, you know, we're all in about the same age group, particularly people in our age group, which is, it just doesn't make any you – know, I was doing a, a local radio hit in North Carolina where I live. I grew up on Tobacco Road, and they're all like, you know, sell me on Berkeley and Stanford being in the, in the ACC. And I'm like, guys, the map doesn't matter anymore. It's survival. And so, yeah, that's a really long way of saying, yeah. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm about to host a show on the SEC Network in the morning. It's the truth. The map actually makes sense, and there's not another conference left that can, that can say that they've done that other than, you know, my friends at the Sun Belt. 
Uh, Ryan, uh, if it's on Twitter, uh, then it's true, right? What you see on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, totally. We, <laughs> yeah, especially the stuff that's written about me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me too. What you see on Twitter is people saying college football is ruined forever. Now that you've yep. made all these moves in realignment, the game will never be the same. What's real about this that statement, if anything, and what's fake? Well, what's real about it is is that fans feel betrayed, right? And the only way you say that is is you do everything you can to save the rivalries. You know, Cal and Stanford still have to play, no matter what conference that they're in. You know, Texas and Texas A&M didn't play for, what, 15 years, and in their heart, they believe that people missed it. I don't know. I think there's a whole generation of kids don't care about that game anymore because it went away. And so that's what I say is, you know, like in, like in the SEC, when they were talking about, and they're still talking about what they're going to do with their conference schedule, eight, nine games, conference games, whatever, going forward. And I'm like, as long as you leave Tennessee, Alabama alone and leave it on the third Saturday in October, and as long as Georgia and Auburn are still playing, and as long as those games are still being played, then okay, but when you get away from that, if you if you really start screwing with Saturday, that's when you got a problem. And all the business machinations of it, you know, it hurts your feelings, but at the end of the day, when the games start, the games start. But when you really – we've seen it in the ACC, again, where I grew up with basketball. The reality is ACC basketball ruled the world in the 80s and 90s and even before that. It doesn't anymore. I mean, Jones, you know it. And the reason is because they, they watered down the solution. You know, they did. The, 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 the reality is is that when the tournament started moving to New York and it started moving to Tampa, and, and you, now you're playing all these conference games with old Big East schools that you don't care a thing about, you know, when you start taking away tobacco road rivalries, I mean, you know, North Carolina and Wake Forest had to schedule an out-of-conference football game a couple of years ago just so they could play football. That's crazy. Let me, so can, can I can I just to. can I just argue with that for just a second and get your take because I respect it sure. a lot. But you okay? So I will agree with you about a handful of games: Alabama, Auburn, yeah. Ohio State, yeah. Michigan, in basketball, North Carolina, Duke. But I was a kid who grew up where Kentucky, Indiana basketball was the biggest thing in the world, and right. then it just wasn't. And you know yep. what? I don't think any Kentucky fans really care. They want to play Duke. They want to play North Carolina. You use the example of Texas, Texas, A and M. Okay, that went away. But you know what? Everybody got over it and moved around. I do think there's a handful: Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Carolina, Duke. But but I don't know, man. I mean, if Tennessee, Alabama went away, do you really? Alabama fans would rather play Auburn, right? They would rather play Auburn. But but here's the thing: you you cannot be a prisoner of the moment. And I kept saying this while Tennessee was losing Alabama for 16 years or whatever it was. You cannot be a prisoner in the moment because did you see how much that meant to everyone when Tennessee won the game? They did. I was, right. in, I was in Tuscaloosa yesterday, and everybody knows I'm an Alabama, a Tennessee grad, and people stopped me going, your butt better be ready for the third Saturday in October. It's back. And so I just – here's the thing. You guys know this. I covered NASCAR forever. I, I wrote – I still do. I wrote this column when the Texas-Oklahoma thing happened. And I wrote it again when the USC-UCLA news broke. Don't get too far away from what got you to where you are. That's true. NASCAR did that. NASCAR did that, yeah. Right. You think everyone's just going to hang around just because they always have. But the reality is the old old gray-haired people that wear the multicolored jackets, they pay for everything. (laughs) They do. They pay for everything. And when you start screwing with their routines – 
and you start screwing with their games, and when they look at their grandkids and their grandkids have no idea what the hell they're talking about because that game hasn't existed in, in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, now you've messed with the fabric of what got you there. That, that's what I worry about. I, I get it. If you're Greg Sankey, you have to put Texas Oklahoma in the league because they called. Otherwise, you get fired. But, but you also have to do everything you can to make sure that 10 years from now, you at least resemble what you are now, what you are 10 years ago. Because if you get away from that, it's what NASCAR did. NASCAR got away from their roots, and they woke up one day, and their old, fan, old school fans that pay for everything had disappeared. And they thought that would never happen. That's, that's the cautionary tale. I'm curious with the 12-team playoff, and you look at everyone basically banding together, it's going to help all of the leagues that remain. Why do you think there was resistance initially, Ryan? Well, initially there was resistance because it was control. Um, you know, why, if you're the SEC, though Greg Sankey did, he never fought expansion, but members of the conference did, why would you mess with it? Because the system worked. That's why the SEC didn't want to lose the BCS. That was working for them, you know? And, and so I get it. You know, they also don't really want to let anyone else in the door. You know, I, I mentioned the Sun Belt, right? So as soon as, they, as soon as conference expansion was becoming a reality, coaches at places like Coastal Carolina and uh, San Jose State and San Diego State and BYU, they started saying to me, now we can go recruit on, hey, we, we got a chance to make a playoff. And that did not exist, you know, a, a minute ago. The big boys don't want that to happen. They, 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 they don't, they, they, there's no benefit to that for them. And so I think that's where the resistance was. And, and it's, um, you know, I, and, and I don't like 12. I don't like, I've told you guys that before. I don't like buys. Make it 16. You know, the other problem is if college football, if Saturday football starts to look like Sunday football, then they look like the same thing. I don't watch the NFL because I'm a college football fan. When the playoff starts looking like an NFL model and the business model starts looking like an NFL model and the scheduling starts looking like an NFL model and we start playing in the middle of August and play all the way to the end of January, which has happened, starting on the books, then, you know, that feels an awful lot like Sunday to me. That's getting away from what got you there. And so, to me, that's what they got to guard against. Yeah. I think you and I are unique in that, though, because we're Southern, to be honest. I don't know. I mean, we grew up in a place where the NFL isn't really a thing. I don't know yeah, that the I rest of the country agree agrees but, with but, us, but, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, but, but I also would say I've been to games in Nebraska, and I've been to games at Penn State. And I've been to games at, at you know, schools out in the Southwest. And I've been to schools out in California. And, and, you know, I think that even if you have season tickets for Stanford and for the 49ers, I think you like the fact that they don't look the same. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, and, and so I, there's just there's a uniqueness to it. You know, as, as when, when, you, when, you, when it all starts blending together, um, which I guess is inevitable when you're chasing the money, I just, um, you know, I, when I go to an NFL game – I, I, I have the greatest respect in the world for those teams, for the athletes. I'm, I'm literally staring at the Titan Stadium in Nashville right now while I'm talking to you guys. Love it. Respect it. Go to Panthers games all the time in my hometown. But, you know, there's just a di- different atmosphere and a different feeling. And you, your blood is in th- those college games, no matter where you are. And, and uh, if it starts feeling like a business meeting, then uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun to me. Ryan McGee, he's on 7 to 10. Is that right on Marty and McGee? I think it is. Uh, Saturday well, mornings. Well, it's actually, well starting, starting this fall, I mean, this, we do this in the fall. We'll be on SEC Network uh, 
uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern tomorrow morning. We're on TV or fancy TV. Or, boys, I'm telling you, they, we asked them, we said, I said, where's our set? They go, it's on Broadway in Nashville. It's literally on Broadway. Like they've stopped. We are, we are, I mean, we are, we are parked right in front of Tootsie. I mean, we are in the middle of the street. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, SEC Network and on the app, uh, you can see me and Marty and all the bachelorettes uh, on the street behind us. Yeah. You talk about a city that's changed, Nashville. Oh. I, now don't even get me started about that. That's not the same place it was either. Ryan, they're telling me to go. I could talk to you all day. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. All right. Love you, boys. Talk to you later. Thank Thanks, you. Ryan. College football's back tomorrow. Virginia battles Tennessee. Probably a future SEC matchup. Coverage begins at 11.30 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the app. This hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live with Vivid Seats. More Canty and Carlin next. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. All right, it's Canty and Carlin. Matt Jones and Meyer Metcalf. So here's the thing. Last two times I've hosted this, I've given you a play of the night. I like to do parlays. They both hit. If you're listening, you make money. I'm going to give you another one. Tonight. You take these three teams to win on the money line. Michigan State over Central Michigan. Miami of Florida over Miami of Ohio. And the Louisville Cardinals. I'm doing that for Myron. Over Georgia Tech. If you parlay all three of them, you'll get odds of minus 132. So you pay about 100. Or excuse me, 132. You win 100. You put how much you like, but it's a guaranteed winner. No chance of losing. That's what you do, Myron, to get some money tonight as the play of the night. I appreciate how you're doing it now because there was a stretch when we first got started. You were telling people to bet the mortgage <laughs> on stuff, and I was like, I didn't think that was a good idea, but I like this now. You like this one better? Yeah, how you're All approaching right, it. So there you go. So that is your play of the night. Take Michigan State, yeah, Miami, like Florida, and Louisville in a parlay, and you'll have it tonight, and you'll have all the money you need to then bet tomorrow as well. Now, this is our, that's been your weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Now, as some of you may know, ESPN has made a lineup shift. By the time you take you listen to this network again next week, there will be a different set of shows. This time slot will be Freddie, uh, Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas, but there will be other people in the slot. This is the Canty and Carlin slot. Now, they're not here for their last show. No. Which, honestly, Myron, is par for the course for this show. Yeah. They've usually been doing other shows. But the producers have been consistent. here for all of them, yeah. Shannon and Eric, and I wanted to give you a chance, Shannon, to say goodbye to Canty and Carlin. Well, no, I just want to uh, send a special shout-out, though, to all the uh, fill-in hosts that we've had on Canty and Carlin, I do appreciate you guys making the uh, making the time for us. So uh, that's all I had. I didn't have much. Eric, who's, who, who did a lot more shows than I did, because in between my time doing uh, Canty and Carlin, I also did uh, KJM in the morning. So yeah, I, went on, I went on a ten month hiatus. You know, me and DUA, we're all about our hiatus. <laughs> we took a break. Well, all right. So just be, well, so thank people you know, for your work. Yes, thank you all. Canty will be on the morning show. Correct. Starting next week. And Carlin is on at noon. Is that right? Correct. Carlin versus Joe, 12 to 3. Carlin is that the name of it? Is yeah. Carlin versus, versus Joe? Versus Joe? Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
Oh, wow. Ding, ding, ding. Be, they're going to be fighting the whole time. Well, I've worked with you. Myron, I've done a show with Joe. Just make sure you have a lot of hair product for Joe, not Carlin so much. But uh, <laughs> it's those jokes, Myron, while you and I are still on weekends, 10 to 1 on Sunday mornings. And hey, listen, man. I think that it could change one day. You'll see, but I'm happy for the new show. So that's exactly right. So if you'd like to hear more of Myron and I, this is the time of year where they move to the regulars. We won't be filling in as much, but we are on every Sunday morning from 10 to 1. Myron, I've worked with you a lot this summer. I look forward to working with you this fall. Definitely, man. There you go. The final Joe and Amber with neither Joe or Amber. (laughs) That comes up next. We hope you've enjoyed. Thanks for listening here on ESPN Ding, ding, ding. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.